Welcome everybody, filibuster freestyle, first pod of December in 2021, not in any December, but you already knew that. It's your buddy Gavin, old school filibuster freestyle, but not so old school that we don't have a guest. That's super old school. We're going normal Sunday night shuffle old school about outlandish topics, easy for me to say, from the man in Sarasota, Florida himself, Andy Maslin. Without further ado, the theme song, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast to the filibuster freestyle, including Spotify, Deezer, SoundCloud, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, and like I said, check out the theme song while you wait for Andy Maslin. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. As promised, Andy Maslin joins us from beautiful Sarasota, Florida. Mr. Maslin, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. I am full of Christmas cheer. Good. And I'm happy to be here. You are one of the number one stunners in terms of people that I know and have known for a long time in terms of spreading Christmas cheer. So I can verify that. That is co-signed. Co-signed. And I don't even have to sing loudly for all to hear. I just spread it. Nope. You just spread it with whatever else you're doing. And you know what? You don't talk the talk. You walk the walk. And I and I appreciate that. So really quickly for the folks, uh, I didn't know this. There's going to be an, an additional topic today. Andy Maslin's got a rant that happened today. We will save that for the end because sometimes it's worth its own podcast. But let me start with the coyote who barfed in your front yard. That's all I got from the crack research team on the topic. But they told me that's the one to start the rundown on. What can you tell me about the coyote who barfed in the front yard? Okay, well, I'm going to... Um I, I'm going to start at the end. There actually was not a coyote that threw up in my front yard. Mm. But there is no rumor around the neighborhood that a coyote got sick in my front yard. <laughs> um, so I hadn't drank in about two months. This is going back about three weeks. I hadn't drank in almost two months. Um, I had had like one beer in like two months. It wasn't that I quit drinking. I just really haven't drank. Sure. My brother came, my brother came to town. Not only drank too much, but bad mix of food and alcohols together just didn't agree with me. It happens. Always, always been a controlled puker. You know, when it's time to puke, I'm like, it's time to puke. I, we got to get where we're going or I got to get outside. But it's never like, oh, my God, it just sneaks up on me. So we drank too much. As I was drinking the last beer at a bar, out, I'm like, this is a bad idea. I know it is. We take the Uber home, step out of the Uber, shut the door. I puke all over the cul-de-sac, like fire hose type puking. Amazing, um, amazing no, stuff. No harm, no foul. Yeah, let me let me stop you for a second. The fact that you were able to somehow hold it until the exact moment that you were out of the car is a, such a veteran move. And yes. let's tip a cap to you and your brother taking an Uber home, which here in the 21st century we should all know better by now, but the fact that you did, let's put in a plug for, you know, safe – being safe when you're out. And so anyway, yeah, you're and, two and, for two. I'll, I'll, I'll fully admit, I, 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 
it, it, at one point in my life, I was not as safe, safe as I am now, but I also know myself, and I think people should know themselves too. If I take my car with me, I'm going to convince myself I can drive it home when I shouldn't. So now I just eliminate that option and either get a ride out, Uber home, or Uber both ways. There you go. Not worth, not worth it. So, so that's number one, PSA. It's the holiday season, everybody. Be safe, be responsible. But number two, you, again, I want to tip my cap to the fact that you were able to get out of the ride share and avoid the cleaning fee, and the cul-de-sac was not as lucky, but you are a taxpayer, so have yeah. at it. You know what I mean? Well, I, I had to clean the cul-de-sac the next morning. That's part of the story. And I, I have puked in an Uber once. It was the Uber driver's fault because he had the um, child lock set on the back seat. Uh, so you were trying door. to escape, and you couldn't. I had I had it timed out perfectly. His fault. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was intoxicated. Completely forget about it. I wake up the next morning to a conversation in my living room between my five-year-old daughter, Mm. my wife, and my brother, hearing about an animal that puked in the... (laughs) In the cul-de-sac, because nice. I guess they had went out to walk the dog and found the vomit. And the, my daughter said to my wife, hey, uh, what do you think that was? And Linda, quick thing, said, it must have been an animal that got sick. And then it came out, we had seen a coyote at the top of the street um, a couple weeks ago. Mm. So it came out, maybe it was the coyote. And it was like, yep, it was the coyote. My brother laughed at the whole thing, and Emma looked at him very seriously and said, Uncle Matt, that wasn't funny for the animal. So, <laughs> So I can't wait to tell the story when she's like 16. Um, but then, you know, there was another question that I went out. I, I, you know, just took the hose and sprayed it down and, and it was gone. And then she asked my wife, why didn't you clean up the coyote puke? And my wife said, oh, that's something that daddy does. Nice. So a couple of days later, I'm out walking the dog with Emma. It was after school and we seen one of the neighbors. And Emma tells the neighbor that a coyote puked in the cul-de-sac. Wow. It gets better with the stage. We have told about four or five neighbors that a coyote has gotten sick in front of our house. Well, you know what? Kids say the darnest things. <laughs> and I just sit there like, thank you, Emma. Thank you. I appreciate this one. Well, I'll tell you what. Now that your story is, you know, your story is safe. You know, it's the, the urban legend of this coyote having, you know, to barf in your, in your cul-de-sac is now stronger than the actual truth. And that's a good thing. Yes. And now it's the legend of, of your street, which is beautiful. Yes, and I mean, we do we have seen a few coyotes, so it would be possible that maybe they got us some trash and got an upset stomach, so it's possible. Listen, we've all been there, including coyotes. Yes. Coyotes have feelings too, right? Coyotes have feelings too, exactly. And, and that's why Emma had to tell your, your brother, hey, it wasn't funny for the coyote. <laughs> <laughs> which is the absolute punchline of the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> so serious, just sweet little Emma voice, Uncle Matt. It wasn't funny for the animal. <laughs> Had to give Uncle Matt a stern talking to, you know? Yep. Unbelievable. All right, so we're going to switch gears real quickly. Second thing the crack research team told me that I don't fully yet understand, uh, something about a theory. It's either a theory you have or something along the lines of should a person be punched for a certain social media, th- I'll call it a gaffe okay. or a snafu. What do you got here? Yeah, well, it's just... It's like a trend, and it's it's not even a trend because it's been going on forever. Mm-hmm. And I hate social media because there's so many times on social media, like like they always say, people are just showing their best life. People are just flat out lying half the time. 
Yes. When you post, and, and, and you know, there's nothing more I like, that, nothing more I laugh at than, than you look back on someone's social media about how much they love their spouse and how great their family is. And you know they're cheating on them. You know they're getting cheated on. You know they're miserable. You know they hate each other. And then they end up getting divorced. It's like layoffs on social media, buddy. We, we know you. Fair. When you po- when you post, and this was exact quote, another trip around the sun with my best friend. Mm. Life couldn't be better. Shut up, dude. <laughs> just just stop it. I love my wife. A wife and a best friend, different things. I don't know. Like it's just like, come on, man. You're just doing this to get clicks and have people over the age of 60 say, oh, that's so sweet. Shut up. Just shut up. And then he gets me, the person that posted it, I know is cheating on their wife. Oh, wow. So that's what really cheated, really triggered me. But another trip around the sun with my best friend. I should be able to punch you. I really should. Because then my wife looks at it and says, oh, look how sweet Johnny is. He loves his wife. I wish my husband would post stuff like that. But honestly, I think if I posted some of that, my wife would be like, why are you posting that? We live a normal life. We're not best friends. We're husband and wife. Right. Best, best friends don't go through as much as we do. We live together. You normally don't live with your best friend when you're 41 years old. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it's called the movie Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal stuff. Yeah, I think... You are in, uh, you make a very interesting point. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gavin, Gavin, I, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But you're just making observations. It's just, you know, it's just like, come on, man. Hey, I, I, you just see it all this over-the-top love on Facebook. And it's just not real. It's like, well, my other favorite thing about Facebook is when someone, like, posts about someone who's not even on Facebook. Mm. It's like, oh, like... You're just doing it so people will give you the like or say, oh, you're such a good person. No, you're not. You're a jack wagon. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I logged on to Facebook for the first time in about a year and a half um, just to kind of clean up some messages because I kept getting, you know, you have people who will send you stuff, um, you know, and you say, well, it's been a year and a half. I should probably clean it out. And yeah, you see a bunch of stuff and you're like, yeah, I didn't miss this at all. You know, and you walk back away and you hopefully walk back away for another year and a half, maybe longer. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I hate it all. And, 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 and all social media in general, it's just creating your own echo chamber. So, you know, you can, you can look stuff up or find people that agree with you and be like, see, everybody's saying it. No, they're an idiot too. Everybody's saying it. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about something a, li- a little bit more, I would say a little bit more, uh, palatable but you know what the world of college football is also insane whether on social media or not and the last week has proven it we're going to keep ourselves for the most part on the field but what a week what a championship weekend cincinnati making the college football playoff for the first time ever as well as the first group of five team to ever make it um number one you excited that they're in you think they deserve to be in they deserve to be in I, but they deserve to be in. I don't think they're the fourth best team in the country. Mm, sure. But the way that the, the everything fell, um, uh, that you had to put them in because the team behind them was Notre Dame. And they beat and Notre they Dame. Beat Notre Dame on the field. And then everybody else could have a chance. Like if, I think we were texting about it last night. It would have been interesting to see if Oklahoma State had beaten Baylor. Yeah. And they were a one loss. 
power five team yep. if they would have jumped a um, undefeated group of five. Right. Uh, my theory is that if it was Oklahoma in that position, because Oklahoma has a cachet and they're the name, yep. that they would have jumped them. I'm not sure if Oklahoma State would. Because I think, I'm pretty sure, does the power five, the, the I'm sorry, the group of five, do they even have a seat at the table in the... In the um, in the college football playoff, uh, yeah, the the, the 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 room. I'm they must have somebody in the room is because it's so many conferences. But they basically the only guarantee they get is if if there is a the highest ranked group of five conference champion gets to be in a New Year's Six bowl. Uh, that's like the only thing they were able to kind of barter for when they created the CFP. I mean, they might have somebody in the room. I'm sure they do. But at the end of the day, they're vastly outnumbered, I'd imagine. Like I said, it was their schedule worked out perfectly and everybody else kind of. Yeah. I mean, do you want to do you want to hear actually broke it down? What what needed to happen yesterday? So the good news for Cincinnati, besides the fact that it all worked out, is. They were playing a top 25 ranked team. Okay. Houston had only, I think, lost one game earlier in the early in the year to Texas Tech. They'd gone undefeated the rest of the way. They were number 21 in the country. But you know what? Them beating Houston, who happened to be ranked 21, that helped 1%. Okay. The, yeah. the fact that Cincinnati. They just, had, they just had to win. Yeah, they had to win, but it helped 1%. Beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame and having Notre Dame be the, the best one loss team behind them. That helped like another 19%. So we're 20% of the way there. Oklahoma State obviously coming up one inch short of the goal line versus Baylor. That helped by 60%, in my opinion. And the final 20% obviously is Georgia was in no matter what. Alabama winning doesn't kill you because Oklahoma State lost. And Michigan winning doesn't kill you. So that's the final 20%. Is you chalk yeah. in the Big Ten and the upset in the SEC didn't hurt you because of Oklahoma State had already lost in Notre Dame. So that was the picture that needed to happen. So hats off to those guys for threading the needle. Yeah, and the, and the other thing is the ACC stunk this year. Correct. So it, the ACC and the Pac-12, uh, yeah, you're right. 8-10-12 eliminated themselves. This is true. I mean, here's the thing. You have Oregon, who two weeks ago was in the mix, and they beat Ohio State, who was also in the mix. And then Oregon drops not one, but two, two lead balloons against the Utah Utes. And Utah's already lost too many games to get in. And then last night you had Wake Forest playing Pitt. I think they were the number like 15 and 18 ranked teams in the country. So to your point, they were too far away. Baylor had already had one too many losses. Ohio State's got two losses. Michigan State's got the right. I mean, everybody had two losses except for the teams that basically got in. So, yeah, it, I love that it happened. Um, what? So let me ask you this. So I, I, Go ahead, sorry. This is, this is probably not – this actually could be compelling now that I'm reading it. I'm going to read to you the college football playoff committee and who's on it. Sure. Mitch Barnhart, Kentucky Athletic Director. Okay, Power Five. Gary, Gary Barda, uh, Iowa, Iowa Athletic Director. Power Five. Paola Boyvin, Arizona State Professor. Power Five, kind of. But professor. Tom Berman, Wyoming Athletic Director, Group of Five. Group of Five, three to one so far. Charlie Cobb, Georgia State Athletic Director. Three group to two. Five. Bob Corrigan, NC State Athletic Director. 
Rick George, Colorado athletic director. Five or two. Will, Will Shields, former Nebraska offensive lineman. Six to two. Gene Taylor, Kansas State AD. Seven to two. <laughs> Joe, Ta- Joe Taylor, vice president of athletics and community wellness, Virginia Union University. That's, a division, that's a division two school. Yeah, okay. Um, John Urschel, former Penn State offensive lineman. Rod West, group president, Entergy Corporation. Power five. Ty, Ty Willingham, former head coach at Stanford, Notre Dame, and Washington. Power five. So, two things. One, very, very power five. Two, you don't need anything to do with football. Three, I'm going to apply next year. Yes, you should try to get the gig. And here's where, I, here's where we're going to prove it, because I think, I think now's a good time to talk about what we think is going to happen, right? So, you know, you had the team with the best case to sneak in with Notre Dame. They didn't. We talked about Oregon free falling. So now you've got Alabama, who was potentially going to be out last night if they didn't win. Yeah. As the one seed, getting to play Cincinnati. And, I mean, I would say, number one, I think this is Alabama's to lose in terms of, the, in terms of getting to the final with the easiest path. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Also, I will say, even before this, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if Alabama had lost versus Auburn. Mm, and then beaten Georgia won. anyway, right. And they would have been a two-loss SEC champion. Would they have gotten it? I think they would have. I do, too. Especially because it wouldn't have changed a thing for Cincinnati, and it wouldn't have changed a thing for Notre uh, Sorry, Michigan. Michigan, uh, yeah. So, so I think you're right about that. So let me ask you this. Did you have a chance to see... Um, you know, Nick Saban likes to talk about rat poison, but he actually said that the rat poison this week was yummy because his team was actually the one being said that they weren't good enough and they couldn't possibly beat Georgia. Georgia was the ones who had to read their press, their press clippings all week. Were you, were you aware of this? I, I saw, I saw it. And, and I just, like you said, I, 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 I agree, you know, I don't disagree with them just cause I know, you know, sometimes you know, reading your own press clippings is a real thing, even the in the NFL. You know, right? Well, that's what I was um, gonna say is, don't let anybody tell you that press clippings and bulletin board material isn't real. When Nick Saban is famous for when he's usually the juggernaut, talking about how bad press clippings are, and then did a complete one eighty when he was the underdog and basically said, "Thank you, press, for giving us the yummy rat poison for our opponent and telling us how bad we were all week." So. That's amazing that, Oak, that Alabama somehow got to become the nobody believes in us team. <laughs> yeah, and it was weird to me, and I, I'm friends with a lot of Georgia fans. It was weird to me how confident they were. Yeah, like, this, this is Bama. Like, yeah, Georgia is good, but this is Bama. Five stars across the board, best coach in the country. Been there a million times. Yeah, you know, I, I just was shocked at how. And here's the thing: Georgia has a history of choking. Big time. So let me ask you this though. So last two part two part topic. So last week, you're you know you're you're in Alabama. You're you're playing at Auburn. Notoriously tough rivalry game. Notorious tough place to play in the Iron Bowl. Do you think Alabama said, "Listen, we're in the championship game no matter what. We're going to try to win this game because we need to because we you know it's a rivalry game, but we're probably not going to scheme it up the way we would scheme up the game in, the game in, you know at the Georgia Dome." Or the Mercedes Benz Dome next week. Do you think they did a little rope a dope and they went vanilla on uh, Auburn or not? No, I, I honestly 
think it's it's more of the rat poison thing. I think they thought that Auburn's not good. Auburn's on their second string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, Jordan here is a tough place to play. Weird things happen there. Yep. Uh, um, I, I I think it was I think it was they went in overconfident. I don't think it was a scheme thing. Uh, if it was week, just say it was week two and they were playing or week one and they were playing. Um, you know, a big game the following week, maybe. But they have a whole season's worth of film, you know, out on them. I don't think at this point there's really much to hide other than maybe one or two, you know, trick plays that you're saving for the perfect situation. Sure. Now, let me put so I said two-parter. So do you think that you, do you think the same exact thing happened last night then, that Georgia just looked past them versus are saving it in case they do play again in the championship? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I once again, I... Maybe a trick play or two, but I don't think it came out. Because here's the thing: you're not going to completely change your scheme. Correct. You are where you are. Correct. You know? Do you have you know like special one, special two, special three in crazy situations? Yes. Po- you know, possibly. Georgia was never in that game last night, so there was never a chance to pull them out. That's do true. I think Georgia possibly? You know, once they were out of it, you know, they were out of it pretty early. Um, maybe sat some guys. Yeah, shut it down. Shut it down, right. Do, do some things. Yeah, that's possible. But going into the game, I would say no. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's more, it's not, I agree with everything you said. I think the only point I'd add on is, even with last week with Auburn, you know, they're looking to win. The only thing they have to play for at 6-5 and five at the time is a winning season and, and basically salvaging your season by beating your biggest rival. You know, in your rivalry game. So you're going to throw the kitchen sink at it. It's kind of like being in a seven game series and you're the one that's up three to two. Like, one team needs to win tonight, the other team would like to win tonight. And so I think Georgia had the same thing last night. Now, I do think Georgia wanted to win. They wanted to get the, the proverbial monkey off their back. They wanted to prove they could win the big one against Alabama. But at the end of the day, they, they knew that they didn't have to have the game. So once they were. On the wrong side of, an, of momentum, like you said, it's a little bit easier to say, you know what, let's just let's just shut it down and make sure we're ready for whoever we play in the playoff. That's yeah. that, that's all I would add. Yeah, and two two points um, that I just kind of thought of. I, for, I was in Alabama um, during the Auburn Alabama game. I watched the game in Dothan, Alabama. Oh, how about that? Uh, with a mixture of Auburn and Alabama fans. And every Alabama fan, fan thought they were going to win by 50, and every Auburn fan thought they were going to lose by 50. So it was definitely built up all week that Alabama was the yeah. the, the better team. But the one thing I will, I, I, I think I, I this just pops in my head. I actually think that game for Georgia last night was almost, a, I don't want to say a must win, but if you win that game, Mm-hmm. Probably the only team that matches up with you on the field, talent wise, in the country is Alabama. Right. You beat them last night. You knocked them out of the playoffs. Right. They're done. So and you don't have to see them I again, think right? More to play for than we were actually saying before, because you know Georgia was going to get in. I did get in. Was going to get in anyways. But there's a big thing to having to face Bama again. Good. Good point there. I actually, it's a really good point. So let me let me let me turn our attention to Georgia and Michigan. Let, how many times have you been sitting on the couch on New Year's Day and the Outback Bowl starts and it's Georgia versus Michigan and that we both came in fourth place bowl? Yeah, I'm let's see, I'm 41 years old, so no less than 27 times. Correct. I mean, it's a rite of passage for them to go to either Tampa or Orlando 
for the Citrus Bowl or the Outback Bowl or whatever we're calling the Citrus Bowl now, CarQuest Bowl, whatever. And now this uh, no, uh, Boston College plays in the CarQuest Bowl every year, and they put up a banner. So that's a really good point. But 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 Georgia and Michigan are going from a third tier bowl tradition to the national semifinals. Finally, it's important. Who do you got in this one? I believe it's the Cotton Bowl, so it's in Dallas. If that matters, uh, I I just think. And I'll admit, I have not watched Michigan play that. I think I've only watched one of their games this year. The fact that they beat Ohio State probably tells me that I'm giving, I'm not giving them enough credit. But I just think Alabama and Georgia both are just supremely more talented than everyone else in the country. I mean, we're certainly at a point where somebody's got to step up and prove it, you know? So if Michigan were to step up and prove it, then sure. But to your point... Georgia's still Georgia, even if the one team that can pretty much match up with them and has just the pedigree in Alabama gave it to them last night. I agree with that. So you're going, you're going Georgia, gun to your, not gun to your head, but your pick's Georgia? Yeah, Georgia. I mean, I, I'd like to see Michigan win. I, I don't, I, I hate seeing the SEC win, win, you know, the championship every year, but right now they're, they're the best, you know? For sure. All right. And then let me, let me ask you this. The, and then we'll go to the Andy Maslin rant. But your answer cannot be 50%, and your, which it won't be. And your answer cannot be 0%, even though it might be. Cincy versus Bama, what percentage chance do you give Cincinnati to win the semifinal game? If you can't pick 0 or 50? 12%. 12 is a nice one. Any reason uh, why? One... Because I think Alabama knows they're the better team. Yep. Since he's not bad, they've played a couple big boys this year. Um, you know, things are going to have to go wrong. For, if yeah, they're going to play bad. Football, if, if both teams play their best football, Alabama wins. Yeah, of course. If a couple things go bad, a couple turnovers, maybe a bad call since he can hang around. Um, their quarterback is, is I don't know how he'll be in the pros, but he's special at the college level. He makes things happen. Yep. So it, it's not going to, it wouldn't, I mean, it, it's possible. It, there, there have been worse than that. I'll take this Cincy team over the Notre Dame team that lined up against Bama a couple times in playoffs and in, in national championship games. I'll give them more of a chance. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think 12% is a really good number. I'm not even going to waste time with any more percentages. 12 is a nice number. All right, Andy Madison, let's pivot. You've got a rant that happened today to close the pod. We, we always appreciate the Andy Maslin rant of the day, the month, the week, even the year. So as we close out 2021, let's give you, let's give you a shot here to rant it up. I am so sick of the people in the world <laughs> that, that hate Amazon. Wow. Amazon is its corporate conglomerate. It's killing the small business. For me, I'm forced to do business with, with Amazon um, as a business owner, and they take money from me, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I Christmas decorating today, the past two days. I do a big Christmas village. You know, things break. Things get lost over the year that is put away. Want to get it done this weekend. I went to Lowe's to get something, you know, because they sell Christmas stuff. All sold out. I went to Michael's Craft Store to find something. They didn't have it. I went to Target. They didn't have it. Um, couldn't go to Hobby Lobby because they were closed. 
I ordered something from Amazon. It came at at eight at about seven thirty this evening. So you know what? I tried to do the in store shopping. It didn't exist. I tried not to do Amazon. You want to know why these stores are getting their butts kicked by Amazon? Because Amazon's doing it better. That's fair. That's it is that simple. I, I had this discussion with with um, someone I know at a restaurant who was complaining one night about um, you know how much Uber Eats takes from them, and they're saying it's criminal. So I, I mean, I wasn't even being um, you know a wise guy. I just said, hey, so why don't you just do your own delivery service? Oh, that takes way too much money and way too much planning. Okay, we live in a world of technology. You have to adjust, or you're not going to make it. Is Amazon a giant company? Yes. Is Uber a giant company? Are they hurting the small business? Yes. But as a small business, the world has changed. You have to adapt. The good places are doing it. The good places are fine. And the good places are thriving. Find a way to be better. Find a way to have things in stock. Find a way. When I go and ask you, hey, do you have this in stock? And they say, well, we're getting a truck tomorrow. It might be in. Okay, well, can you look to see if it's going to come in? No, nah, I really can't. I don't know what's coming. Okay, so now I can't even wait a day. Right. And I can go click the button. It'll be here tomorrow. Yeah, like... Yes, it's a monster. I agree. And you know what? If you're someone who's railing against Amazon, because I know people who are, and I actually even know restaurant owners, and this has gone to Uber also, yeah. who, who like small businesses who order stuff from Amazon, um, restaurants who in their home order stuff from Uber Eats. So if you hate it so much and it's so evil, why are you using it? Because it's easy, and we want things to be easy. Make things easy for you, and I, for me, and I'll still support your business. Fair. Now, honestly... I mean, hey, you you rant from a place of truth. And honestly, hey, I'm with you in terms of you got to be excellent. And one of the things I would say, too, is it wasn't a juggernaut overnight, right? Like, it's a juggernaut now, and it's never being – it can't be stopped. And, and yes, there's – it's very easy to say, man, Jeff Bezos became a trillionaire during the pandemic. That's the worst. And for, for sure, it's not great, but the bottom line is somebody was going to become a trillionaire during the pandemic – uh, because somebody built a on-demand business and it used to just be a place that they sold textbooks. So he could have easily said, oh, it's my textbook business. We don't do whatever the second thing he did, did was. But you got to tip the cap that somebody basically saw the future. Um, well said. You know, I mean, again, I, it, it stinks, but it's reality. So to your point, you got to adapt or you, you got to figure out. <laughs> I, I was trying to avoid the Bezos situation because – I'm sure the guy is just a complete weirdo. He doesn't live on the same planet as we do because he has more money than everyone. I mean, he's literally trying to leave the planet. (laughs) Yeah, good for him. And we're we're paying for that. Yes. Good for us. Yes. But, like, my thing is, like, when you talk to somebody who says, oh, well, he has too much money, and you say to them, well, hey, what's too much money? And, you know, you know, okay, you're making 150, 200 grand a year, whatever whatever this person you're talking to is making. Usually the money that's too much money is right at what they make. Maybe a little bit more, but they don't want to give up anything. They're living a much better life than other people on the planet, but that's where their line always is. It's like, come on, like, let's, let's be serious now. Like, like you, you know, okay, sir, you're saying Bezos makes too much money. You live in a $2 million house and you have a vacation home. That's too much, isn't it? No, it's not. That's right where the line is. That That's how you, <laughs> that's how you keep people hungry and motivate them. I'm straddling on the line with two houses. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Oh, you have a Tesla and a Range Rover? Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but that's the line. If I had a third car, there'd be too many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's because they have a two-car garage. Anyway. All right, Andy Maslin, stick around for a minute. That was an excellent rant just because, you know what? 
for the holiday season. It is spot on because everybody's calling Amazon to get their stuff delivered on time. And, and like I said, I'm someone who tried. None of the, the brick and mortar stores had what I needed. And then I still had it by 7.30 tonight to finish my village. And the village is finished. Like, and so to bring it full circle, nobody spreads holiday cheer like Andy Maslin. Filibuster freestyle. In the past two days, I've gotten nine compliments on my sneakers. Nine compliments on your sneakers. Coyote might have barfed in your yard, but it wasn't that's funny for the animal. And that's what we learned here tonight, you know? Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, everybody. I'm sure we'll be back before Christmas time, but if you hit up Andy Mazin at I am Andy Maz on Instagram, wish him a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday, please. Thanks, Andy. Thank you.